Hello, it's a new month and with it a new episode of All Things Business, the podcast. Shining a light on businesses and business people who bring trade and employment to the Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes region. I'm John Griff. I hope the world is treating you kindly. For this month's edition of the All Things Business podcast, created under lockdown restrictions, we're featuring widely differing businesses. If you're currently contemplating construction, Louise Bath has a particular expertise that could save time, money and maybe an HMRC investigation. When or if there's an inquiry further down the line from the taxman, they'll call me back in and say, can you please agree this? And I'll negotiate directly with the taxman on their behalf. With businesses now working to get their messages out to the wider world, Gavin O'Brien has a clear head towards helping them do it. Soon it won't just be about having a piece of content, but it's about how engaging that content is because everyone will have content. Sunny Singh from the Northamptonshire Chamber has news of not one but three new initiatives to help build the local economy. We need to be forward-thinking. We need to try new things. We can't keep doing what we've always done. If we keep putting in the same results what we've always done, we'll end up getting the same results out of it. And as careers and enterprise leader at Thornton College in Milton Keynes, Joe Scott talks about the needs of education when steering young students in the direction of the world of work. I personally think that HR departments ought to be looking a bit more about how to tweak that recruitment process to be a bit more school-friendly rather than graduate-friendly. Plenty more where that came from, so settle in with me for February's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. We start with someone whose business on the face of it is niche very niche. And yet, at the same time, Bath Consulting works in a sector of the economy which is fundamental to anyone with premises. That's construction. As Louise has been telling me, her specialism helps businesses stay on the right side of HMRC, as well as maximising the support available to companies building the future economy of Britain. Yes, John, I, I specialise in, in property tax relief. is the main area I work in. So, I, I, I suppose I, I act as a conduit between the, the very complex construction industry and, and you know people working on their their properties that they they probably work out of or they they use as, as um, investments and 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 the accounting profession because construction and construction costs are, are very complicated and be quite often quite messy. Um, I, I go through all of that expenditure and I. Um, allocate it correctly so that the uh, accountants and, more importantly, the taxman are kept happy, and and that in itself helps you know speed up the the, the actual claim process and and the time it takes to get the figures within the tax comps agreed with the taxman early on so that so there's no uh, nasty surprises further down the line the way you talk i guess you must have a pretty good track record in in the construction industry yourself to be able to be at the sharp end of this particular kind of consultancy and this particular kind of advice yes i, I suppose you can say that I, I i am actually a chartered quantity surveyor and i i, I did that for, for over 10 years you know in in that role i worked in what we would often refer to as you know the 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 financial police of the construction industry. So I, I used to make sure that the client never paid more than he he was supposed to for for his construction project, and 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 it was delivered on time and to contract. So so yes, I I, I do work in a niche area. So you're pretty used to wearing a hard hat in that case, Louise. Yes, and and believe me, I, I love a good walk around a, a muddy construction site and then seeing it when it's finished and and it's all 
new and, and shiny and ready to hand over to the client. So so I'm I'm, I'm lucky I still get involved in, in the, the sharp end of construction. All right, steel cap boots as well as a hard hat in that case. Um, you, you, yes. mentioned, you mentioned you and the client and accountants as well. Some people would say, well, why do I need somebody in the middle of all this? Why can't I just go to my accountant? Why are they not able to be uh, the, the best people to advise me with my commercial property dealings? Construction is very complicated and there's there's a lot of sort of there's a technical side to it and there's there's a lot of you know technical terminology and jargon and certain assets are treated differently in tax uh, in the tax world um, in, in different um, taxpayers' hands. So so certain assets you could claim a certain type of tax relief on in, in, a, in a hotel project. You, you couldn't claim them in the same way in an industrial unit, even though that the asset is is the same in, in those two scenarios. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding that. And there's there's also lots of legislation around capital allowances which apply to tax and accounting but don't apply to property. And then you've got the, the overlap from from property and construction law is 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 very different to, to as I say tax and accounting. And it's it's you know understanding both of those and what the interaction is between the two. Does that mean that actually the accountants are sometimes the ones who call you in to support everybody? Yes, I, I do work for accountants. They they they're the the, the wise ones. They realise what their capabilities are, and they've got a you know complicated construction project or or, a, or an acquisition of a second hand building, and they they really don't know how to tackle it, and they want to do the, the the best for their clients. So they they bring in an expert. You know, they phone a friend, and and they get me to come in and do it, and then and then I prepare the report. And then they drop my figures into the tax computation. But equally, when when or if there's a, a, an inquiry further down the line from the tax man, they'll call me back in and say, can you please ag- agree this? And I'll negotiate directly with the tax man on their behalf. Right now, with recession and possibly a double dip recession, do you see the construction industry as buoyant right now? As Do you see it as one that is uh, reacting to, to the economy as, as it now is? Are there gains to be made, in other words? Yes, I do. Um, very unusually, um, during this this pandemic, we're, we're seeing that the construction industry is, is is really busy. It's only down a little on what it would normally be uh, at this current time, given we've had Brexit and we're we're coming up to a budget. Um, and and there's there's a lot of things happening. There's there's people that are becoming landlords, whereas perhaps before they were tenants. Um, people are using the 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 fact that their buildings are, are virtually empty of staff to go in and re re you know work the spaces or, or carry out a refurbishment. Mm-hmm. Equally, you've got tenants moving out, so landlords are having to to, to you know re re <clears throat> rework those spaces and re let them. But but there are people that are, are thriving in this pandemic for, for, because of the nature of what they do, and they're taking more space and they're having to do a fit out or a re- refurbishment. So in that case, if the market is buoyant, the potential for getting it wrong and therefore inefficient use of finances, or dare I say it, even getting it wrong for the taxman, that actually is is potentially quite a risk right now. It is, and and that that's a good point because you know the construction industry is very busy at the moment, but they're doing it probably with with slightly less staff for all the obvious reasons, and and they're probably having a go at things themselves or just putting it on the back burner for later. And then it might get overlooked or, or rushed through. And the, the accountancy profession, it has to be said, are very, very busy with, with all the day-to-day tasks they have to do for their clients, like payroll, furloughing, you know, VAT, HR, et cetera, et cetera. And they haven't got as much time to go into some of these highly specialised areas for their clients. 
and and they might miss a few things because they're they're racing along at a million miles an hour to, to hit the you know the, the the tax deadlines. Looks like the future is reasonably rosy for Bath Consulting, therefore, Louise. Or am I talking out of turn? No, no, I, I think you're very right. I think I'm 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 very optimistic. Um, you know, this, this next year will be very very busy, very interesting for me and, and you know, the construction industry uh, sort of generally and, and businesses who are, who are very forward thinking and, and creative. Well, I'd love to put a note in the diary for 12 months down the road to talk to you again and find out just how far uh, the business has been moved. In the meantime, Louise, really good to talk to you. Good luck for 2021 and beyond. Thanks for your time today. Thanks very much, John. Lovely to talk to you. That's Louise Bath. You can find her at her website, bathconsulting.co.uk. Next, we turn our attention to the world of content. With the economy in its present state, those who make the effort to get their message out to the widest audience stand to make the biggest gains in the future. So says my next guest, Gavin O'Brien from Clearhead. Based in Luton's hat development, Clearhead brings world-class production experts to its clients. And as Gavin has been telling me, while the majority of Clearhead's business is UK-based, that world-class production is making the world sit up and take notice. Yeah, about 20% of our income actually comes from North America and around the world. So we certainly reach very far. Before the things that have happened in the past year or so, um, we've always been digital first, video calling. Um, so it really allows us to be able to reach out to everyone because fortunately what we do translates all around the world. It just might be in a slightly different language, but we always use the analogy of uh, an I- IKEA manual. If you pick up an IKEA manual, then wherever you are around the world, you can still tell what's going on and what's happening. And that's kind of what we have taken on board, but doing it in a really top, top premium way and we only take on projects that people want to match us with when it comes to the ambition and the bravery of what they want to achieve is commercial video hideously expensive because it sounds like a major luxury for a business particularly right now at the start of 2021 with the economy on its knees oh it's it's actually the the opposite and i don't think it's a it's a luxury it's something that's needed If you haven't got a piece of content, then you are going to fall behind quite quickly, extra especially in a more virtually geared up world now where you won't necessarily be able to show all your physical resources in person. And you need to make sure that there's engaging ways to cut through from other people. So soon it won't just about uh, be about having a piece of content, but it's about how engaging that content is because everyone will have content. So we like to think that we offer amazing value, but certainly a more premium and provide a more premium look at content. But whatever happens, when we show it to whoever sees the piece of content, they always guess much higher of the amount of budget they thought was spent compared to how much was actually spent with this. Do you pitch yourself at the at the larger end kind of business? I mean, down in Luton, are you talking to the Vauxhalls of this world or are you talking about the smaller end SMEs as your bread and butter business? Yeah, absolutely. We, we always aim and aspire for the big uh, big companies, of course, because we're passionate about being able to make a difference to the content that reaches out to a, a wide audience. However, that isn't the deciding factor. The deciding factor for us is having ambitious partners, brave partners in whatever type of business, partners who want to make a difference, where the content that we can provide, they trust us with to think outside the box and to develop something that we don't like the word corporate video corporate video is something from the 80s or 90s for us it is all about content and creative content it's about 
production. It's about high production values, TV ads, cinema ads. So you'd be surprised on how many people actually don't know that you can get an ad on TV or on Sky AdSmart for a small company for less than a thousand pounds. So, you know, there's certainly ways more than ever where the, the small, smaller companies and the SMEs can punch above their weight with Again, good quality content. Do you tend to find that uh, clients or potential clients who become clients don't actually know what they don't know in terms of the market? Always. We all see, I suppose, cinema ads or TV ads or pieces of content on the telly and maybe you know, people subliminally think, oh, I wonder what we could do there. But most people don't really know, apart from a brief of what they want to get out of it in the end, what their, their kind of KPIs and their successes are, they don't actually really know what the idea that they want or how it's going to happen and what the idea they want and how they're going to be kind of executing it. But again, that's why, we're, why we come in and that's part of the investment that's, that's you know, given to us to go through that fact finding, to link up with the various different uh, partners and, and companies, to, uh, but also to bring the best out of their creativity and say, right, we can do anything on an execution standpoint. If you need someone to bungee jump off, uh, you know, Snowdonia, in, in my, then we, we can make that happen. We can film it in all these magical ways. But what is your creative idea from that? And we have something called a creative chemistry meeting at the very beginning, which means that it's not us telling people what is going to be the creative, but I suppose eking out them initial embers of ideas you've got a fantastic website up there for everyone to take a look at you've got some great spaces in which to work it's it's, it's not a million miles off google i don't think you've also got some very young looking faces there you work with students too yeah i hope you're talking about me being one of them young faces <laughs> as well John. Um, <laughs> you probably won't find a bigger fan of 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 luton than me and even when we've got a small office in London or we do all our work in New York and America, you won't find anyone who speaks about Luton uh, in a more positive manner than, than me. And I think the next generation and, and uh, you know, and bring in opportunity and hope to the next generation of Lutonians is, I suppose, always one of my main aims when we were fortunate enough to get the business to a point where we employed people or had a great space in Luton or, or anything else. Um, to be able to work with the local education providers, University of Bairds, Luton Sixth Form, Leans High School even, which I went to um, in Luton. Um, but also, um, I suppose, big up the businesses as well. Uh, you know, I'm a uh, director for the Business Improvement District in, in Luton as well. And if we can do it, then anyone can do it. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, and bids are going to be very, very important for local domestic economies. Let's go right back to the start of this. I, I said you've got uh, lots of talent under one roof. Uh, this is going to be the year when business, if it's going to take the economy out of recession, has really got to get into top gear, shouting about itself, telling people what it does and, and pitching for business. If somebody is thinking about dipping their toe into the realms of, uh, if not corporate video, then certainly content which shows them off to best light what do you need from them to get going and what's the best way for them to make contact with you i think to begin with an open mind and a real want to be able to be you know passionate about what they want to show i think also being open to different ways of doing things at the minute when it comes to uh, maybe slightly less film and even though we can still film through this period obviously covid safe but also be open to animations and virtual events 
virtual events has been a huge thing in the past uh, past year or two and i can't tell you the amount of virtual events we've now done that we've won awards for and we provide all the amazing content engagement to almost make it like a tv production so the simplest way for anyone to get in touch is literally just typing clearhead onto google and then you'll see you can get in touch and we're also if we don't feel it's particularly a project for us then we might recommend you to one of our other providers where people who might actually be on board with it but we're always going to be able to help point you in the right direction say yeah this is an idea we can run with or no let's think about this in a different way and then we can build on it from there excellent networking all right well if i've got any mexican snakes that want to go bungee jumping off snowden uh, you'll be right at the top <laughs> of my list good luck for 2021 and good to talk to you gav great to talk to you too real pleasure have a good one that's gavin o'brien contact the content kings at weareclearhead.com does your business need to be seen be heard or be found now more than ever companies need to make it clear that they are open for business all things management is a team of creatives who connect their clients to their audience to find out more visit allthingsmanagement.co.uk be seen be heard be found Time to catch up with one of the chambers in our region which is marking the arrival of 2021 with a whole series of new offerings to the business community. Sunny Singh is the membership manager of the Northamptonshire Chamber and a few weeks ago we sat down for a socially distanced conversation at the chamber itself. Before looking ahead to the future, Sunny started by taking a quick look back at the chamber's history. The chamber itself was set up in 1917, and it won't come as a surprise to you, John, we were set up by the shoe and boot industry. I thought you were going to say I was around by then. <laughs> well, I didn't want to, but now you mention it. Um, but the reason we were set up 103 years back was because of concerns of imports coming into the county and exporting and the impact it had on local businesses working together, making sure the economy remains within the county, and more importantly, the skills remain within the county. So if we fast forward 103 years we've actually keep the same identity, that same DNA of why we were set up 103 years back. It's about local engagement and it's making sure there's an inclusiveness about everybody within the community and the business community to get involved with their chamber. Now, being around for 103 years is fantastic because what it does give you is credibility, it gives you heritage, and that is stuff that we absolutely will never lose, is that credibility and that heritage. But at the same time, being around for 103 years actually brings risks. And that could be that we need to be forward thinking. We need to try new things. We can't keep doing what we've always done. If we keep putting in the same results, what we've always done, we'll end up getting the same results out of it. So we've actually launched three new brand new initiatives, which is our Women with Vision Network, which is going to be launched on the 8th of March, International Women's Day. We've launched our international trade membership due to the uncertainty, particularly towards the back end of last year. We introduced the international trade membership back in December of last year, and we put a whole range of business forums, seminars together, masterclass sessions, and that's going to continue throughout 2021 and beyond. Um, and particularly one, what we found during the pandemic of last year, we had a lot of startup businesses reach out to the chamber looking for support, looking for advice, um, whether they've been made redundant or they're trying something different. We got inundated with inquiries and unfortunately the standard membership package for a startup business was not the most cost effective solution for them to join the chamber. So we put together our startup membership package, which is £199 plus VAT for the year for a startup businesses who have been trading for less than 12 months across the county. And that gives them access to all the chamber networks 
networking events, editorials in our magazine, social media engagement, listing on our website, sharing promotions, newsletters, updates, offers, um, along with the important parts of the business, the £1 million worth of legal expenses insurance, the chamber legal templates, the HR templates, Mm. the advice lines, the HMRC investigations. So that's a lot more of an entry-level membership and we can become that organisation. There's something for everybody within membership. We touched on the international trade side of things when we last spoke to Matt Cannon and undoubtedly between now and March we can talk about women in vision and that's entirely right and proper that the Chamber should be championing women in industry whether it's at board level or as entrepreneurs in their own right. I'm interested by the by the startup situation. The failure rate of startups in this country is horrific. There's a risk for you in getting involved in this sector because go to any of the banks, they'll say to you that a lot of businesses presenting themselves and wanting to get business bank accounts, number one, don't have a business plan. Number two, certainly don't have a cash flow forecast. Number three, actually don't have a viable business. They need mentoring. They need support. Are you able to provide something like that? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's absolutely the key for us, John, is actually giving them that hand-holding support that they need. Um, we're working very closely with the Business IP Centre and the library here in Northamptonshire, work very closely with SEMLEP. So there's a whole range, what we'll find throughout the year, is masterclasses, updates. Now, the failure rate is extremely high nationally. How much of that is feeling alone or feeling isolated, that they don't have that mentor, that they don't have that second opinion, they don't have that advice? The Chamber is blessed with a network of amazing businesses and more importantly, the people behind the businesses who actually want to give back to the community. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs who have been very successful, who are members of our Chamber or sit on our board at the Chamber. And what that allows us to do is actually be that lending gear, give them that signposting, give them that advice. Um, And more importantly, for a new business, the biggest thing is getting out there getting their name seen getting their brand out there so linking in with organizations such as all things business again is actually absolutely the key because of their access to media knowledge so do you want potential startups to come and say i'm a brand new potential business i haven't yet got a business what are the questions i need to ask absolutely that because what that then allows is good planning and let's be absolutely honest as well I, as a, ultimately I'm a salesperson. I might be membership manager, but we're all in sales. If it means signposting the right startup business to our right partners and not just selling a membership for the sake of selling a membership, we will absolutely do that. So when they revisit the chamber again and they've got the cash flow to join the chamber, we will support them the best way we can. But I think for me, what I'd be keen to do is speak to any of them startup businesses who just want to chat. And I don't necessarily always have every answer, but because of our network, because of the partners that we've got and not just the businesses we work with locally but because we're a part of the British Chamber of Commerce and we're a network of over a hundred thousand companies nationally who collectively employ five million of the UK workforce we've got that national reach and we've got that national lobbying and that allows us also when it comes to linking it on a local presence is to actually represent the views of our members so Any feedback is good feedback from our perspective because I'm sure you're aware, John, we do our quarterly economic survey, which goes out on a quarterly basis and we have to share the findings of that and that's actually governed by the Bank of England and they use that detail. So yes, just share that information with us so we can represent the views, the challenges, the concerns 
and the successes of the Northamptonshire business community. All right, so there's there's a, a distinct shift in that case in the market that the Chamber is looking to support from SMEs and, and largely only SMEs in the past. You're now getting into the startup sector as well. You're going to be tracking survivability? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and talking about the, the diversity of our sectors, um, we've got a massive reach, we've got a really good connection base, and we can actually understand what is their business plan? What is their strategy? What are they looking to achieve? What's their end in mind? Okay, how do we take them on that journey? If that means through chamber membership, brilliant come on board, we can support you with that. If that means putting you, signposting you to other organisations and other government-assisted funding and support that might be available out there, along with just general business support which is available out there, we'll absolutely signpost them organisations. It's going to be a fascinating 12 months. Sunny, good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Much appreciated. That's Sunny Singh, and there's more on those three new initiatives at northants-chamber.co.uk. My final guest for the February edition of the All Things Business podcast is Joe Scott, the careers and enterprise leader of Milton Keynes-based girls' school, Thornton College. Bringing a real-world perspective to the studies of future young employees, Joe's been telling me about how she has managed to leverage relationships with a variety of businesses in the region, bringing them closer to the school experience and more. I've had um, Volkswagen, um a local company in Milton Keynes have delivered a virtual workshop to my year seven and eight. Um, that was last term. That worked brilliantly. They were able to be set an interactive activity, go away, um, create designs of cars for the future, come back, discuss their features with a young team of graduates, all done via Zoom. I've continued delivering interactive workshops. I've also introduced a new series that I never would have thought of doing, which which is a spotlight series. And I'm dropping that in to assembly times, which means that every single student goes into it as opposed to something that's optional. And my idea about that is to have like a bite-sized careers talk for about sort of 10, 15 minutes, just to give them a little flavor of all the opportunities out there. Um, Every year I deliver a huge STEM workshop, which I host at Thornton, which I invite loads of local schools to. I have about 25 to 30 businesses, including ACOM, Unilever, Network Rail, BP, PwC, Aston Martin. And basically, I always have a keynote speaker and then I have lots and lots of stalls around the hall. So obviously, normally that's face to face. Didn't want to lose that this year. So again, I did host other schools as well, but I did it as an afternoon and I had I did it on Zoom and I had a series of speakers um, talking about keeping it quite tight, really, just for about 10 minutes, not only about their company, their organisation, but more importantly for our students and the other students taking part about their particular pathway. Because I think it's really important to track back to when you were in year 10. And when you say as well about um, the challenges of the fact that people aren't face to face, I think there are still ways of doing things um, interactively that encourage collaborative work. You can use breakout rooms for that when you're doing something interactive. But additionally to that, if you use the facilities available to you, like the chat facility on Zoom, it means students can just post their questions in the chat. And actually, 
they can be curiously more engaged and less inhibited when they're at home by themselves, not intimidated by, say, their peer group or anything else. And sometimes you can find that actually they're more inclined to ask questions in that sort of atmosphere than they would be in real life. Joe, back in, in, in my day, and my school days are, are a long way behind me, but I, I may be representative of some of the people who are listening to you right now. We had primary education, we had secondary education, and then you went on to further education. Just how much of a collaborative world do we now live in when it comes to education and employers for the future? There are hundreds and thousands of amazing jobs out there that that students just are not aware of. University is not for everyone. And there are some amazing apprenticeship opportunities out there. And in particular, degree apprenticeships, which are hugely highly sought of. And part of kind of the re-education is, for me, is informing all our students about those opportunities you know at 18 you can go and get you can go and do a law degree apprenticeship at a top city firm and you're in at 18 you're sorted your contemporaries come out at 21 desperate looking for a training contract Mm. you're done and dusted you've been earning a great salary since 18 it's all done You've led me on to a a topic that I wanted to talk to you about because you've talked about apprenticeships rather than the straight further education route and the university route. Do you find that more businesses are getting in touch with you to say, look, we've got apprenticeships. We want to get people into the world of work. They can earn at the same time as learning as well. And is education changing its attitude towards apprenticeships too? Yeah, well, I would like to see more of that. I have certain companies and Unilever is one of them who are excellent. Um, I've, I've had to work very hard over the last five years at building up a sort of a really robust group of contacts, really. One of the things that is very difficult about apprenticeships is that there is no central place to go to. So it's not like UCAS where you could go onto a website and you could see, oh, you know, these companies all offer these apprenticeships. It is very, very, um, a very loose network and there is nowhere for students and indeed career advisors to go. So unless you're someone like me who, who, is, who, who absolutely loves it and is quite happy to spend almost every second of my day searching out these opportunities – they're not easily accessible. I would like to see somewhere much more um, coordinated in terms of a platform that they could go to. And the other thing, John, that I would really like to see change is that the recruitment process for degree apprenticeships is very, very similar to the graduate recruitment process. Um, And it involves psychometric testing. It involves virtual interviews. It involves assessment days. It's, it's an awful lot for a 17-year-old to deal with. And in my opinion, I personally think that HR departments ought to be looking a bit more about how to tweak that recruitment process to be a bit more um, school-friendly rather than graduate-friendly. And that brings me on to my last question, Joe. Right now, uh, the educational system in this country is not in disarray, but it's under considerable pressure because of coronavirus, because of closures and so on. 
If we get the schools opened up in the reasonably near future, are you encouraged by the future? Do you think youngsters themselves, perhaps through experiences like Zoom or Teams or just being more uh, technically savvy than perhaps you and I were when we were kids, are you encouraged by those young people and what they're going to do for our country? Because with recession being as it is and, and employment as it is likely to be, we're going to need them. Yeah, we are going to need them. I am massively encouraged. For me, what I like to really emphasise them, it's all about making yourself stand out and making yourself different, thinking laterally, embracing, and I have a big focus on employability skills. The world is not just about academic achievements. Yes, they are important, but actually what is of equal importance is teamwork, collaboration, problem solving, creative thinking. All these things are really important. And I'm really trying to focus on building those employability skills, linking those with all the lovely things that you can do at school and out of school and within your community and how you can align your interests with those employability skills and start to build a really strong portfolio that will make you very employable in the future. That's Joe Scott, and you can find out more about Thornton College at thorntoncollege.com. You know, it never ceases to amaze me just how fast the half hour of this podcast flies by, but that is all for the February edition of All Things Business, the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Many thanks to my guests, Louise Bath from Bath Consulting, Gavin O'Brien from Clearhead, Sunny Singh from the Northamptonshire Chamber, and Joe Scott from Thornton College. I'll be back in a month's time with the March edition. But in the meantime, particular good luck if you're just dealing with tax returns, either personally, corporately or both. Stay safe. And from everybody on the All Things Business, the podcast team, thanks for listening.